Randy Erickson on guitar. I'm guessing that we, um, we, I mean, that was great, but we had so much fun practicing that song the dozen or so times we had to do it to be able to pull it off. Um, um, it's not a Christmas song, I know, but um, it's a spiritual song, and the theme of this song has everything to do with Christmas, and I, I want to see if I can convince you that this is true. Bono from U2 wrote this song clear back in 1985. And he wrote it about Belfast, Northern Ireland. He's from Ireland, you know. And um, how it was possible at the time in, in Ireland, by the, street, by the name of the street on which somebody lived, whether you could tell whether they were Catholic or Protestant, which is a big deal in, in Northern Ireland. And you could also tell if they were rich or poor. Bono once said, in Belfast, by what street someone lives on, you can tell not only their religion, but how much money they're making. Literally, by which side of the road they live on, because the further up the hill, the more expensive the houses become. So I started writing this song about a place where the streets have no name. That's where the song comes from. He said, I was just trying to sketch a location, maybe a spiritual location, a feeling, I wish I could do this in, with an Irish accent, it would sound so much better if I did. Um, a, a feeling of wanting to break out of that city, of wanting to go somewhere where the values of the city and the values of our society don't hold you down or hold you back. That's why he wrote this song. It's a song about longing um, for, our, for a world where the streets have no name, where you can't tell from the name of the street, what your life will turn out like. A world not divided by class or wealth or race or religion. So it names this longing, I think, that everyone shares. It's kind of universally a human thing for a world that is organized so that everyone has enough to, to live and flourish and find peace. And so he wrote this this song is a call to you two fans. It's funny, it, whenever he talks about it, he said, it's the weirdest thing. We can be having the worst concert of our life. And we play this song and it feels like, this is literally what he said, it feels like God walks into the room. It's pretty fascinating. But of course, um, the world he's singing out about isn't the world that we live in. Um, and it's not just Belfast. It's every city in America is divided by things like wealth and class and race and religion and politics and gender and sexuality. And maybe you can't tell somebody's religion, like in Ireland, but if you grow up um, on streets with names like Troost or Prospect or the Paseo, you face a very different future than if you grew up on streets with names like Ward Parkway or Mission Road. And that we've constructed this kind of a world, Bono says, is like burning down love. Of course, the story that we tell ourselves is always that this is just the way the world is. There have always been the haves and have-nots. Equality is always a dream, not a reality. And I think the longer that we tell ourselves this story, 
the more we're tempted to think that the way things are is the way they have to be. But the story we tell at Christmas is about a God who shows up in the world to try to break down these divisions. If you remember, um, last week we talked about Mary's song, The Magnificat. It talks about this great leveling. The low things will be lifted up. The high, proud things will be brought down. God shows up in the world to break down these divisions and to move the world back toward um, what the Hebrew people called shalom. That's the word. It means, means peace, but not like peace as in just an absence of war. It means peace as in um, everything that is in its rightful place, doing what it was intended to do, and then relating rightly to everything else that's in its rightful place, doing what it's intended to, to do, thereby all of it flourishing. They called this shalom, peace. Um, and this is, what, this is what God has come to accomplish. And, and the story that we tell at Christmas is that Christ himself was born on the wrong side of the tracks, so to speak, on the wrong street. He was born in a barn to an unwed mother attended to by lowly shepherds, you know, the truck drivers of their age. And a regional king um, wanted him dead, so his family spent two years as political refugees in Egypt. And when they came back, they couldn't go home, back to the re region of, of around Bethlehem. They had to go clear up to the north, to the Galilee, to Nazareth. And Jesus spent most of his life um, living as a political refugee, living very often among the poor. He says he was a carpenter, which um, really in, in the Greek, it just means construction worker. He was a construction worker. Always hanging out with lepers and sick people and unclean and tax collectors and prostitutes. And what Christians believe is that however we understand God, and there are um, many arguments to be had about how we understand God, but what el whatever else we think about God, this one idea is so central that it's the, at the heart of Christmas, like one of our most important holidays, right? It's Christmas and, and Easter. And Christmas is a big one, so we always gather to tell this story, and it's this idea that God always chooses the humble and broken places to show up in the world. It's not like a sentimental story, you know? This story is telling us who God is, what God is like, and what God is doing in the world. God came to the poor as the poor and lived among the left out and the left behind and just began slowly lifting them up. And too much religion, of course, has been devoted into various ways of um, trying to clean ourselves up of our sense of guilt or brokenness so that we can approach God. But the Christmas story is not about a God who runs away from our brokenness. It's about a God who runs toward our brokenness. Feeling those broken places, those voids, those um, empty spaces with God's presence. And it promises that for those of us who can learn to recognize God's presence, that it seems like whoever does 
just kind of naturally seems to reorganize their, their own life and our common life, even the systems that we make, kind of reorganizing our communities one street at a time, one community at a time, so that flourishing becomes the norm. And this is how the kingdom of God comes to earth. And this is the heart of Jesus' prayer that he, sa- he taught people to say, um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It means shalom. This is the world Bono was imagining and, and why I twisted that so I could fulfill the wish of actually getting to sing that song in public once in my life. <laughs> Part of what um, Christmas, the Christmas story tells us is that it's really only the ragamuffins who ever see God. The strong and the proud, you know what I mean? The self-reliant, what do they need God for? They got everything they need. There's no space for God for those who are already full. They're like the innkeeper in the Christmas story. No room. It's only the desperate and the people who are just so aware of their own brokenness, you know? They're the ones who see the miracle. They're like the shepherds in the Christmas story. And these are the ones um, who, who will make a world where the streets have no name. Because in the simplest terms, the, the story of Christ's birth tells us that the kingdom of God is not for the put together. It's for the falling apart. It's not for the strong and the powerful. It's for the barely holding on. Thank God, right? The Christmas story reveals a God who is always near to the brokenhearted. And I'm sure almost all of us need to hear that. The Christmas story reveals a God who's always near to the brokenhearted. And so our task um, on this Christmas Eve is just to take a moment to be still and just to marvel at the story of how God comes to us, not um, in perfection, um, but in the flaws and the mess and the darkness of our world. Not in strength, but in vulnerability as a little baby lying in a manger. Of how the light has come into the world, a world that dwells in darkness, the scripture says, but the darkness has not overcome it. And to think about what a stinking miracle that is. That 2,000 years later we're here to celebrate the most unlikely of births. And to somehow let that light in, that's our, that's our job, that's why we're here, to somehow let the light of God's presence into our own lives and into the spaces in between us. Maybe, maybe even into the way that we organize the, the world and our communities. And so tonight, I want to invite you to, um, for the remaining minutes, just maybe put yourself in the Christmas story a little bit. Um, there are that that first Christmas Eve, maybe imagine yourself in, in the stable with the Holy Family. Only we know now what they didn't know then, that this baby was God's own presence drawing near to humankind. And what I'm hoping is that maybe, um, just for a few more minutes here, that we can open up space in our hearts to receive the light of God's presence into our own lives. And then to carry that light with us and extend it to the world around us. During the next song that we play, we're going to darken the room, and we're going to blow out the candles, we're going to um, put, shut down the lights, 
Um, and, and through the song, it'll get darker until um, when the song's over, we'll sit in total darkness and watch the lighting of the Christ candle, um, which is sort of the pinnacle of our Advent season. And we'll just sit in silence for a minute and look at the light, this light that is coming to the darkness that signifies God's presence with us. And so our job is to just kind of let it be this mysterious um, wonder. And then um, as we do this, your job is to sort of take a, take a moment to see if you can let down the, the walls that you built around your heart just to make it through the world, you know? And maybe let down the barriers between you and God and see if you can take a posture of openness, kind of in a symbolic but in a very real spiritual way. Allow God to break through those walls and, and then receive the light of God's presence. And then when that's done... Um, our candlelight will, will come and, and start. Um, you should have received a candle when you came in. And our last song, they'll start passing the flame. And this represents the, the light of God's presence that has traveled down through um, hundreds of years, through 2,000 years, person to person, community to community. And it comes here tonight. And then you'll have an opportunity to receive it yourself and just to kindle that flame and pass it on to somebody else. It's all kind of this symbolic act of inviting God's presence. Um, so that's what we're going to do for the, the rest of the evening. Um, we won't sing from here on out until the final song, so just sit and be still as we um, ponder the presence of God's light.
Sir.